Welcome to the Not For Profit Podcast. Today we are talking to Julia McKenna from Friends with Dignity. She's a founding director and chief financial officer. Today we have a chat to Julia about the things that she has gone through and the changes that have happened in Friends with Dignity and the NFP sector over the last four years. We also talked to Julia regarding coming from a non-NFP background into the NFP sector and what that takes and how we go about that. Julia dives into her past a little bit and tells us exactly what happened with her and how Friends with Dignity started and how she got involved. It's a very interesting story and it just shows that you do have to have some passion, lots of passion and some sacrifice to get through that section. And finally, we have a chat to Julia just regarding specialization. With At Friends with Dignity, Julia and the board and the team and the other directors brought in, have brought in some specialized people to help them build their next level. So build their CFO, their CEO and other levels in there. And Julia explains to us why she they think that's very important and where you have to identify when to bring those specialized people in. So without further ado, let's have a chat to Julia. The Not For Profit Podcast is brought to you by Platinum Audits for all your auditing needs. If you need any audits done or you need any information, please contact Platinum Audits. Welcome to the Not For Profit Podcast. My name is Matt Williams, and today we are talking with Julia McKenna from Friends with Dignity, one of the founding directors. Welcome, Julia. Hi, Matt. How are you going today? Very good. Very good. For a Friday? It is. Very good. (laughs) Just wanted to get a little bit of history about what what you've done in the NFP sector and what Friends with Dignity does as well, if we could, please. Yeah, so... We start with me, I suppose. Um, throughout my whole life, I've always volunteered for not-for-profits or, you know, organisations way back, um, which is very timely at the moment. I started, you know, with the Rural Bushfire Brigade in Sydney after the 94 fires, which is very timely this week given the situation because I was there during that and really felt compelled to help back when I was living in Singapore um, a couple of years ago I ended up being um, the treasurer for St Jude's which is a um, charity out of India helping children who have cancer um, and it's like our Ronald McDonald house type of scenario um, but they call it St Jude's because um, most of the children they're very poor backgrounds they're living on the street outside the hospital while they were getting their chemo and was wondering why that wasn't working. So I'd already helped out. Then personally, um, my background is an international investment banker. I ran trading trading credit risk management for the financial markets for a Dutch investment bank and ran the whole of Asia. So very different corporate background to now um, I am now the director and CFO, board member, um, and whichever other hat I need to wear, um, for Friends with Dignity. So Friends with Dignity is a national 
research um, volunteer-based organisation assisting men, women or children who have been affected by domestic violence. The way I came into this, because as you can imagine, my career and now this is very, very different, is that my cousin is Alison Baden-Clay and who was murdered by her husband. So therefore, I'm very passionate now um, and in a position where I could now help set up this charity and move forward so no one's ever in the same situation as herself. So, yeah, so that's really where Friends with Dignity came from. We started in sort of downtown Gold Coast, Brisbane, four years ago. We now are in southeast Queensland, I'd say Noosa, to Tweed Heads out to King Arroy. We're in Newcastle, Port Stephens, we're in Perth and looking to roll out nationally. Um, some of our programs are national because they're finance-based and therefore easy to deliver. And one of those is one of my pet projects is the scholarship, the Little Friends Scholarship, where we provide on a biannual basis scholarships to children who have been affected or currently being affected by domestic violence. So helping with their either educational costs or extracurricular activities that they couldn't undertake otherwise. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's a very varied background. It is. <laughs> no, that's that's wonderful. You're moving from that investment banking background th- across to the NFP sector. You said you've always been involved. Was that a leap of faith per se? And like, you know, I can imagine that that would be a well-paying sector to a probably not so well-paying sector. Um, how did you manage that professionally and personally like if you don't mind me asking personally but also professionally because a lot of people it is a passion for us uh but there's that step of i don't know yeah totally i mean i went into it having a finance background doing an accounting degree however i never went into accounting i went straight into banking um but i have that credit analysis type of view so therefore i was your typical candidate for all right, you can look after the money sort of scenario. Um, so, yeah, so so that was um, – and I was probably a little bit naive in some regards. I am very – I wouldn't say conservative, but I'm a realist in regards to – and you asked my other two directors, I hold that money tight. You know, they have to prove to me why we need to use it and where we need to use it because every dollar in an NFP situation – is hard to come by. Everyone's fighting for the same dollar and you cannot guarantee you're going to get that dollar tomorrow. So therefore, you know, budgeting and working out where you're at and the cost of your programs is always a continual hurdle, if, if that's the word. Um, so, yeah, so literally coming from my, my career, I'd say, background, now to this was huge. I mean, I had approval authorities of, you know, seven figures to give to a trader in literally a a couple of minutes. I can do that. Now I'm dealing with, you know, if I've got so much money in the bank, I'm doing star jumps and it's all great because (laughs) because I'm like, oh, it's so exciting that we've got some money. So that was in the early days, I suppose. Now, you know, we're becoming a bit more well-known and we can roll out more programs and actually have a bit more flexibility in that regard. But, yes, income-wise, personally, I've gone from, yeah, to, <laughs> um, which takes its toll over a period of time. I, I am paid now on a contractor basis. So at the moment, just so we can 
ensure that we can be paid. Um, however, we need to look at that from an ATO perspective because that might not work now, but um, I have other income, like I earn income other ways, so that's fine. However, it does take its toll. So I volunteered, I did it completely unpaid for nearly two years, um, and then that does take a toll on your family. Uh, so, yeah, especially when you have young children going to high school and like I am now. So, um, but, yeah, it is it is what it is. It is a passion for me. It needs to be. It needs to be a passion if you're in this field because it it's not a nine-to-five Monday-to-Friday job. And it does, you know, it might be a passion of you, but is it a passion of your families? So that's also got to be taken into consideration. Absolutely. And there's some good points there. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. So, and to get that personal perspective as well. Mm. In your role, current role, as you mentioned, there's a few there, your founding director, CFO, board member. What's the, what's the hardest role as a director in, the, in your position and, you know, taking those other roles into consideration? What's the hardest thing? And how do you overcome that? Like, it, obviously, you said you wear many hats. I would consider that would probably be the hardest thing. Is that the hardest job? Um. No, not, I mean, yes and no. I am used to from my career, like, to make decisions that are very quick, taking as much information as you can, make that decision and then run with it, basically. Um, so in that regard, I'm, I'm used to things changing and you're moving and priorities. However, in saying that, I had a very big team behind me when I was working in, say, investment banking so that... Other things could happen when I'm making those decisions. When you are in a startup NFP and as you grow, and especially because you're dealing with volunteers who may not be able to give the time, and our charity has gone from being a very small charity to now being, you know, given Australian Charity of the Year Award last year and having Rosie Batty as an ambassador, and we've grown so fast and so quickly. I don't, we didn't have that next layer to help us. So the, between the three directors, we've been carrying everything. So we've finally got to the stage where it's, it's just, we're at tipping point because um, we're taking that next step into being a larger charity that we're bringing in now that leadership team to really take on the individual roles because to give you an idea in my day, I mean, I could be finance manager, accounts manager, Warehouse logistics, storage, grants, scholarships, um, volunteer management, you, you name it, it all happens in a day and so you just you just roll with it, I suppose. And I, I, I enjoy that, um, being able to change and think about different things. It's just the doing bit then slows down because there's not that many people doing it. But we are changing that and that's the hurdle we've got to now is bringing in that next layer who are passionate enough to be able to volunteer because we're going national and there's a national expansion, it's actually getting that layer in and going, are you comfortable with taking on, you know, these types of roles? We'll bring in people underneath you also to help you. But, yeah, it, it's sort of uh, interesting. Oh, that, that's awesome. When you, you mentioned there you, that the three directors are doing all the work and they're doing everything together, you reached that tipping point. How did you identify that tipping point where you needed that next layer? How, is it is it time-wise? Is it there's just too much? Is it uh, strain on the family? Is it Or is it a, a, a factor of everything to, to identify? 
it's a combination of all that, especially when you're starting with messages at half past five to six o'clock in the morning, you're finishing messages at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, two of us have, well, one of us has really young children. Um, I have, I'd say, your primary to, to middle school level and then the other director's got high school, university type of thing. So it, it's just... When it's day in, day out, seven days a week, now four years in, it, it's that constant thing where we we recognise we, we just can't and the demands on us are so large now. So we've been very fortunate that we've been able to bring people in gradually, but one of the things we recognised was we really needed help in the HR field to bring a specialist in to help us and she's actually put together a whole recruitment um, side for us to bring in more people that may not necessarily have known about Friends with Dignity originally, but recognise, find out about us, yes, I really do want to help. And so they might not be the people that are putting the homes together for victims of domestic violence, but I, I'm in Adelaide and I can, you know, do all your admin I'm like, well, that that's fantastic, you know. I've got somebody in Kalgoorlie that, sure, you can start doing, you know, accounts management or or the like. That you don't have to be in one office anymore. It's it's a, the beauty of the internet, I suppose. Yeah, cloud cloud accounting and cloud performance and everything else has allowed organisations like yourself and and us and you know we are in two different locations recording this podcast today. So it allows us to do that and. We've we've seen that in our business as well, and and I can see it in yours where you know you can have those coordinators in different states, but if they've got the time, they can still coordinate people all over Australia and all over the world if necessary. Yeah, yeah. So during that startup stages, you 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 your three directors took on different roles and bits and pieces. How did you coordinate that between yourselves? So obviously there would have been a sit down meeting at some stage to say, hey, look, you know, this is what I'll look after this section. I'll look after this section. Did you meet on a regular basis? Did you did you have some sort of formal reporting structure uh, back to yourself and the board about what's happening, how it's happening? How did how did you go about that? Yeah. So basically, we recognised what our strengths were. Um, and really tailored it to those to those um, sort of sectors of the business. So there's, of course, some things in there that we had no idea about and we just had to wing it and figure it out as we went, um, namely logistics, warehouse and storage for me was a big leap, you know, when we're talking about trucks and stuff like that. <laughs> just like. Yep. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so we sort of broke up the business into that we, as you would know, through our relationship before, one of my main things was, yeah, we were a startup, but I wanted to do things right. So we got audited from day one to make sure that um, we were doing things right. I didn't want to get to the level of 250000 income and the ACNC basically say, you've done it all wrong, you know, what the hell are you doing as a charity? So I really wanted to do it right from the start in that so the three of us met either zoom call or phone call skype whatever it was in the early days i think we only zoomed in the last probably 18 months it was skype before that at least once a week um, but we were on a messenger thread so no decision was made without the three of us agreeing 
which was pretty constant in those days. Um, anybody who ever needs to go back through our messenger thread would be just going, oh, my God, do you head in? Yeah, and then, of course, we had the board. So, um, so then we would report to the board on a quarterly basis and, and physically meet at that time. Now that we have office and office for the first time, like in our warehouse, we actually have office space in it. Um, so we meet once a week face-to-face -face because everything is moving so fast. We need to have that sit down and go through what each is working on at the moment. Excuse me. So we know where things are at um, across the board because we work very collaboratively, the three of us. There's really nothing that... I do that the other two don't know and vice versa. So, yeah, so basically that's sort of how it worked. It needed that communication, that level of communication between the three of us. And that's not to say we don't disagree with some things, um, but we work on the basis that two of us have to agree for something to go ahead out of the three of us. Um, of course, unless it's a bigger, larger decision, then we send that to the board for them to make that decision. So... Oh, yeah, that's cool. So they've given you that. You guys know what level you're at to make those decisions and be able to do that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so it's more of the running the day-to-day -day business, but when we're looking at strategically or a significant um, purchase, like at the moment we're looking to raise money for a truck. So we have already been able to raise enough, but the board has approved to release, say, two-thirds of the amount required for the truck but we need to go out and seek that last last uh, third. No, fair enough. That's cool. If you could, if you had to go back and change something, would you change anything about what you've done, how you've done it, um, looking back over the last four years, and and what would that be? I probably would have engaged some more specialists. We probably couldn't afford it. That's the only thing. But more specialists in the earlier days. Um, I think we were a bit naive we just were just so gung-ho to get in there and fix everything and we were going to change the world and yeah I would have engaged probably I don't uh, more specialists especially our setup is a little bit different that we're actually a company limited by guarantee then given charity status so and actually understanding what that meant in a little bit more depth also um would have been good. It didn't affect us at all in the beginning. It's only as we've grown that now we're looking into that a bit more depth of what does that actually mean for us um, in running the, the charity as it gets bigger and making more decisions along those lines. So probably that. Um, I probably would have done the AICD course a lot earlier. Yep. I just said, oh, sure, I'll be a director. <laughs> Not a problem. And then realising what that actually meant, <laughs> uh, given my background, you think I would have known that, but which I basically did, like I knew the legal side and that, but yeah, I just needed to know a bit more detail, I suppose, and the AICD course was brilliant in providing that. So if you could afford it, I would recommend that highly. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the first recommendation I've had on that one. So that's awesome. <laughs> So if you had to go back and give yourself two pieces of advice, uh, would that be would those be it or would it be something else? So like if you said, if you could go back even five, ten years and give yourself two pieces of advice out of what you know now about Friends with Dignity, what mm. would that be? I, I did the ASE course. <laughs> um, Fair enough. But, yeah, 
And then think, this is another one, is think strategically about who you have on your board. When we started, we were a bit more like, okay, the three of us were like, well, okay, we're, we're setting the charity up, we're running the charity, we know what we're doing, you know. We didn't think national at that time. We didn't think, you know, it was going to take off as much as it has. We, and that, so we sort of got people on the board just to basically cover seats really to start with. It was a bit mixed, definitely, and, and some have come and gone. But as we've grown, your board is so much more than that and it, it needs to be providing you, especially as a C-level, you know, executive or whatever you want to call it, it's providing you knowledge and experience that maybe you don't have and they can fill gaps um, especially yeah, I would definitely be thinking more strategically on your board. But in saying that, when you're a startup, it's only who you know or who your network can can attract. Whereas we're now in a position because we're you know looking at to recruit for our board that we've got a bit more of a national presence and can put it out there and can have a proven entity to say this is what we do, this is what we've achieved. You know, we. these are the skills we want to have on our board. Would you like to join? And um, I'm being told that, you know, we hopefully will attract a lot different type of applications for that compared to if we were a startup and going, you know, come on board, you know. Yeah, that's... that's and there's no media around that because I look at from the Alison Baden Clay Foundation, it, it's a different kettle fish because it was a very public national type of scenario so they could attract different yeah. sort of backgrounds in that regard but start as a as a startup it it has to evolve and and that's just the way but yeah i would have thought a bit more strategically at the beginning if i could have no definitely that's great well we're just about out of time i really thank you so much for that for today if people want to get in contact with you how would they go about doing that they can visit our website, um, friendswithdignity.org.au. We're on Facebook or, yeah, just email, messenger, um, any of those sort of things. Yeah, by all means, contact me. Be happy to answer some questions. Excellent. Thank you again for your time today and uh, we'll chat soon. Great. Thanks, Matt. Mm-hmm.